All right, book of Matthew, chapter number two. Hopefully you are there. Let me get there as well. Okay. Starting with verse one. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now see, you're thinking about snow outside and Christmas trees and saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and were come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now I wonder about him being troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. My question is, would three men coming into town, would that trouble a whole city? I don't think it would. I don't think it was three wise men. It could have been 300 wise men that came into town. But the reason that there are three wise men counted is because why? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, you learned something today here at church. And when he had gathered all the scribes, chief scribes, chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And now Bethlehem and the land of Judah, art you not the least in the, among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. That liar. That liar. He's wanting to try to kill him. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Say that with me. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. One more time. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. One more time. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures and they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And did you also see that the little ornaments that we put outside in the yard is way wrong because it always shows them in a little tent-like structure, but uh, it says here that they were in a what? They were in a house. They were in a house. And at this time, Jesus was approximately, uh, he could have been up to two years of age. You're just learning, you're just learning so much stuff today. <laughs> You just are. Today is the, we're putting the finishing touch on the never stop improving, and today we're going to look at joy. Father, it takes a few words that we will speak here this morning, and I am believing, God, that it will be exactly what the people need here this day. In Jesus' name, amen. In, uh, it may have been last week, it was last week in a staff meeting, Joy Taylor told me that, uh, or she told the group that on the uh, picture taking 
there was a line of people getting their pictures taken, and, and she went out, Joy went out there into the building, and she said just to bring, she didn't say a little levity, but that's what she meant, just to bring a little levity to the group. And she said, I believe that things went by a lot better and a lot smoother uh, because I was out there. And I'm thinking, well, of course it did. Of course it did. Yeah, that's right. When you add joy to anything, it's going to go better. Ask Frank. He can tell you all about her. I bet he can. <laughs> joy is mentioned in the Bible 165 times. And for one of you, if, one, if any one of you have got an idea that I never can be smiley or I can never have a smile on my face or I can never look like I'm having a good time because therefore it would look like that I'm unholy. That is a Hebrew word, hogwash. Anybody that goes around never smiling, always got a frown on their face, and if that describes your husband, just punch him in the ribs right now. But I'll tell you one thing it don't describe. It don't describe a faith-filled, joy-filled human being. It may prove that you got gas, but other than that, <laughs> it certainly don't prove that you got joy. Joy, joy. I want to read you some more scriptures, and I'm not apologizing for that. In the book of, in the book of Romans chapter 1, Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Think of America when I read these words. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. The Anytime when we was in Israel and the tour guide said that Israel got away from God, immediately what they started to do, they started making images of animals, flying things, beasts upon the earth. And what was they doing? They was making these things to worship these things. Let me learn you something else. Totem, totem pole. And these are in basically any civilization that, that people have, have been in and, are, and archaeologists and all these people that, that uh, go to college for all this and look all these things up. When they go and they find these totem poles and these things inscribed in stone and, and put in mosaics like you've seen in Israel, whether it was an eagle or whether it was a ram or a lion, what they're doing there, they're not worshiping that totem. They're not worshiping that eagle. They're looking at characteristics that's in that eagle that they think themselves would have. And deep down, it is not a worship of that totem pole. It's a worship of themselves. That's the sin of America, the worship of themselves. And it was not so even 20 or 30 years ago. But I think primarily because of this number right here that we've got, so we've got this right here, and we, 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 and I don't want to get started on that. All right, forget that. 
Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave him up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their own lust, one toward another, men with unmen, with men, uh, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meted out. And let me add, be quick to add this: any civilization that has adopted and basically promoted and basically wrapped their arms around homosexuality or lesbianism, that nation was soon to face judgment. I know, young people, you don't hear that anywhere else, but it is a Bible truth. The Bible truth. And it's not that, well, you just, you're a, you're a homophobe, you're a hater. No, it's preaching what the truth of God's Word is. And again, I know you don't hear that anywhere else. Romans chapter 2, verse 2. We're sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And I'm not going to read the rest of this, but look down in verse 4. In amidst all of this doom and gloom, it says, don't you know that the goodness of God leads men to repentance? I love that verse. I love that verse. I love that verse. The goodness of God that led me to repentance. It was the goodness of God that led you to repentance. But here's the deal, and it gets down to this. The crux of the issue is, are we going to be like the wise men who sought truth and found the joy of the whole world, or are we going to be like Herod, who was nothing but a lie in his life, and that man who the Bible, when it says that the wise men were exceeding filled with joy, it says that Herod was exceeding mad. Filled with wrath and mad. It's either one of the two. It's either you are exceeding with great joy or you're exceeding mad like Herod. And here's the great thing as far as I'm concerned. It's a choice. It's a choice that each and every one of us make. It's a choice. People that are too bitter to rejoice, that's their choice. If they're too filled with hatred to rejoice, that's their choice. Roy Mueller told me years ago, how many remembers Roy? Greg or Joshua said he had the George Jetson hairdo, and I never thought of that until the next time I seen Roy, and it's like, I'll be, I never realized that before. It's like, <laughs> one side went, went up. Yeah. Love Roy. Roy told me one time, he said, Mark, I stopped going, and he mentioned the guy's house. I stopped going to that man's house. I could tell he would be happier if Orchardville Church failed than if we succeeded. He said, I've just stopped going to his house. You know what? I don't hang out with people who can't rejoice with me. Take that for what it's worth, but it'd be a helpful to thing, an additive to every person's life here. 
I'm not hanging out with the elder brother who refuses to go into the party and worship because the prodigal has come home. I ain't hanging out with that creep. I ain't going to do it. In Luke chapter 10, we've got the story of the Good Samaritan. And you've all heard this. The word of the man has been beaten and left for half dead. And first the priest comes and sees the guy, and he, oh no, he goes on the other side. He hasn't time. He's got to go to church. And the Levite sees him, and oh no, I ain't going to mess with that guy. And he goes on the other side of the road. But then the good Samaritan sees him. And the Bible says he goes to where he is at. And he binds up his wounds. And he pours in the oil and the wine. And he puts him on his donkey. And he takes him to the nearest hotel. And he pays the innkeeper and says, I'll come back tomorrow. And if he spent more than that, I will pay you more. Question, who was filled with joy? My guess is the Good Samaritan was. My question, the Levite who was keeping all the rules, the priest who was keeping all the rules, the elder brother in the other story who is keeping all the rules and is gritting his teeth and mad about it the whole time. Ain't none, one of, not one of them's got joy. See, if all you are is a rule keeper, I'm keeping all the rules, you'll never have joy in your life. And plus, you're always going to find it in your right to hurt somebody. Let's kill the woman taking adultery because the rules say it's always going to be in your right to hurt somebody. But you've got to have the law of God in your head and the love of God in your heart. And if you've got both of them, God will be able to use you for his good work. I'll tell the church staff. Now I'll tell you. The interruptions... They are the ministry. When I'm busy doing quote-unquote church work and I get a phone call that I need to go visit someone or go help someone, go see someone, oh, no, I've got to stop God's work to go and do that. Wrong. Wrong. I've got to stop part of God's work to go and do some other God's work. Jesus is on his way to Calvary to pay the sin debt for the whole world. And as he's on his way, a blind man hollers out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody says, Shut up, be still, shut up. And what does he do? He cries out the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, who's going to pay the sins of the whole world, stops and goes to where this guy is. The interruptions are the ministry. And that don't go just for people on staff. That goes for everybody. 
The interruptions are the ministry. Some years back, we got to go to, the, to uh, Niagara Falls. How many have ever been to Niagara Falls? Man, that's an awesome place. Don't you know them people got to have background noise to go to sleep? When they go on vacation, probably people that live in Niagara Falls go on vacation other than Niagara Falls. And I just thought that when I was there. They got to have background noise to sleep. All right, here we go. Niagara Falls, 176 feet drop. 176 feet. There are four, 34 million, say million, million gallons of water that flows over Niagara Falls every minute. Minute. And you can go, which we did, you can go behind the falls. How many knew that? Those that's been to the falls knew that. You can go behind the falls, and there is a no telling how thick this glass is, but there's a piece of glass that they've, they've bored into the, into the falls and they've got this, uh, it's just an opening there to where you can, was it glass? No, there was no glass there. What do I, that was somewhere else we've been. There was an opening there, and the reason I thought that was because I didn't go through with number three what they was wanting you to do. And then you could take your change and you could throw into the opening. Now, I wasn't going to do that because that seemed rather wasteful. <laughs> what good would that do? But going home from the falls about, two, about a couple of days later, I thought of this. Every church member ought to get behind their church, just like I got behind Niagara Falls. And you ought to be willing to take your time and your talent and your treasure and throw it in to what's going on. And you would not be wasting it like I figured they was doing at Niagara Falls, but you would be investing it, which would be a good thing. And it amazes me that people can go to Orchardville Church and not get involved. Sadly, that happens. Joy will draw people. Being mad and mean all the time won't draw nobody. You know what joy, people say, they think that joy and happiness is the same thing. It's really not. Happiness comes from the word, anybody? Happenstance is what happens to your happy in reference of what happens to you. Um, somebody slaps you in the face, you're no longer happy. Now, I don't think there's a person here that can steal my joy. Can't do it. You can steal my happiness. If somebody slapped me on the face, you, you've stolen my happiness. <laughs> you have. But I think you can steal my joy. Joy is what you've got regardless of what happens around you or what happens to you. Joy is so much deeper than happiness. In Psalms chapter 5, let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them forever shout for joy. That's what we as God's people are to do. On three, let's shout for joy. Well, I don't know how. We'll say whoopee. 
on three. You know, I've always went to church and wanted to shout, well, now's your time. I'm giving you, I'm giving you permission. You people have been raised Baptist and always wanted to shout, now you can go. You can do it. <laughs> let all those, that this is either Bible or it's not, let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them forever shout for joy. Right now on three. One, two, three. Well, hallelujah to God! How many didn't do it? How many are too chicken to raise your hand? <laughs> Psalms 35. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Psalms 51, 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I've got a story to go along with that. This is my rack story. And racks is kind of like, I don't even know if they have them anymore. They're kind of like Arby's. They have racks anymore? Oh, somewhere. Myself, Kay, and the kids, and Grandma Dorothy. We have been, it was after church, from there, we went to uh, the Sisney Nursing Home. I had to get that right. I had to give it a pause to make sure I had that right. Went to the Sisney Nursing Home, and after that, we went to Fairfield and ate at Racks. Next to our table is four people. I take it, from, I didn't know them, they were from Fairfield, evidently, and they'd just been in church. And they wasn't having racks, roast beef with cheddar cheese and curly fries. They was having their young pastor for lunch was what they was doing. And after listening to them, oh, he's misleading us. And I say young, you know, because they were both, all four of them about 80. So, I mean, he could have been, he could have been 50. I don't know. But uh, I, I, they said young, so I'm just going to say he's a young guy. <clears throat> he's going to lead us all astray. Oh, I can't believe what he said. And the women, they was shaking their head in agreement, and every now and then they would say something. There's no telling what's next. He'll have us singing them songs up on the wall. What a guy came to visit our church years ago when he was in the other building and came and seen him the next day and I, he was telling a guy at work, they, 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 they sang songs that was thrown up on the wall. Well, I never thought of it like that, but I guess they are thrown up on the wall. <laughs> but after listening to them for about 10 minutes, I had about all I could handle. And I told Kay, I got to go outside and get my Bible. So I brought my Bible and brought it back in, sat down by him, and I, I sat down in my chair and I scooted my chair. And you know how them chairs make all kind of noise and racket. You know, I scooted my chair across and everybody's looked. Kind of like when I got another story. Kind of like when I was at Albion early one morning years ago, and there was, was three old men 
and they was just one guy in particular, GD this and GD that. And I kept looking over there, and, and across the, the uh, in the same room, of course, and across the building was a, a young family, a woman with three or four kids. And I just thinking, man, this is ridiculous, that old coot. And uh, after he said it one more time, I got it from where I was at. And they had them, you know how, what kind of tables they've got. And I just took my fist, and I didn't mean for it to happen this way, but it just did. <laughs> I walked over, and I put my fist like that, and when I did, it just boom around that whole room, and everybody in there was looking. And I said, Mr., I want to tell you something. God doesn't need a dam. He walks on water. And them other two guys that was with him goes, yeah, Harry, that's right. <laughs> now, back to racks. <laughs> See, it's from one restaurant to the next. Is my stories. And those, what they'd been basically discussing was Psalms 51. Oh, but that that young guy would lead us astray by saying that the, the God of my salvation, he referred to it as my salvation. It's not his salvation. It's God's salvation. David didn't say my salvation. He said thy salvation. And I said, took my Bible, opened it up to Psalms 51, and I said, uh, I've not been eavesdropping. You've been talking loud enough for everybody in the place to hear what you're saying. But you're absolutely wrong, and your young minister's right. And boy, I had their attention. <laughs> said, the Bible says, the God of my salvation. And I opened up my Bible, and I said, O God, thou God of my salvation. Psalms 51. And that guy grabbed my Bible out of my hands. What version is this? Is this King James? And I said, every word. <laughs> well, hmm, huh, hmm. Kid, you remember that? No, you don't remember that one? <laughs> Slept through it. Slept through it like he's sleeping through this sermon. Make a joyful noise unto God. Man, I think the church would be revolutionized if every Christian was joy-filled and not come weal or woe or status as quo. Hmm. You ain't going to get me. That loker guy ain't going to get me to praise God. Hmm. I'm going to tell you something that I feel about Fairfield. I think Fairfield is ready, and I say this because I'm a joy-filled guy, and no matter what happens, I feel that God is going to work through what happens. And 
you know, they, of course, need a pastor. God's going to get them the right man. I believe that for certain. Believe it for certain. And they're going to, sh- they're going to have some real growth, both spiritually and in numbers. I believe that's going to happen. I told a preacher one time that I believed in mushroom growth because I see it in the book of Acts, the word just boom, they grew. He just mushroomed. And he said, not me, I believe in steady growth. And I said, all right, I believe in steady mushroom growth. (laughs) Steady mushroom growth. Yeah, but God's not in to numbers. Well, now you're wrong there. Because where you say numbers, I see souls. That's the word I see. That's what I see. And any, any pastor that is okay with 50 people in his congregation when he could have 100, he's just there for the money. He backslidden. The reason I say that is because what happens in heaven when some person gets saved? The Bible says the angels do what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice is what they do. Thank God. So that's why I think they're going to see some real growth. Give you one verse and I got to quit. It's in Isaiah. Isaiah 54. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not, lengthen the cords, strengthen the stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. I believe that for both Fairfield, Centralia, and Orchardville, that we're going to continue to reach out and to grow. And to do that, you got to make provision for growth. They had to do something before growth would happen. I think both here and at Centralia and Fairfield, we have done something getting ready for growth. We've done something. There are teachers in place, there are preachers in place, there's the buildings in place. We've done something getting ready for growth. Uh, Those that's going to be water baptized, we ask you to go and prepare right now. And um, everyone else, we want you to stand. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, we thank you, God, for you giving me another occasion another time, another opportunity to be able to speak your word. I thank you, God, for that chance and that opportunity. Lord, I'm thankful for you giving people an opportunity, another time, for them to be able to hear a clear call of salvation and that your Holy Spirit will knock, will knock upon their heart and tell them, come on. It's time, for, it's time for Jesus to come to your house. Come on. It's time for you 
to know the joy of God. Come on. And it's a simple thing, coming to Christ, asking Him to forgive you of your sin. Simple thing to receive Him as Savior. Simple thing. If you're here this morning and you need the joy of God within your heart, come and pray about that. Oh God, that you're open to that and you want that to be revealed within your life. That you don't want to be the meanest person in town. You don't want to be known for that. You want to have the joy of God that fills your soul. In the name of Jesus, we're praying. Amen. Where would I be? You Glad you see through eyes of 
if not for grace, amazing grace, oh, how sweet the sound, I once was lost, yes Lord, but now I'm found, hopeless case, and empty If not for grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, yeah, I once was lost, but now I'm found, hopeless case, an empty If not for grace, hopeless case, an empty place. If not for grace, hopeless case, an empty place. If not for grace. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.